We have a theme song. We do have a theme song. The theme song was done by my good childhood friends, Ben Lang and Matt Cope. So thanks, Ben and Matt. Thank you, guys. Now, and that's our excuse for why we haven't podcasted in so long. Podcast. Right, we were waiting on Ben and Matt to compose our song. Yeah, so did. thanks, guys. They did. Okay, so what's on the docket for today? What are we talking about, Eve? We've been planning this for so long about, I know, like, seriously. We have, like, come up with agendas, and then the stories have been resolved and everything so many times. So today, we are going to discuss... The podcast serial, because as our friend Mary Lynn pointed out, it is now mandatory for every podcast to discover to discuss serial. Right. We're going to discuss 90 Day Fiance, of course, since that has now become Slow News Day's Raisin Etra. We're going to discuss Bill Cosby, because we think he's great and we'd like to defend him. Ha! Just kidding. And we want to talk about Uber and their desire to stock reporters. And I'm going to try to convince Beth that she should watch Rehab Addict. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Okay, so let's start with cereal because... Oh my god, I'm sorry, my little dog is climbing all over Beth. Um, I'm fine with that. Okay, so cereal is a podcast that I have to admit, for a very long time my mother has been telling me I have to listen to and I would really love it, and she's my mom. I might be an old lady, but she's still my mom and I can't do what she tells me to do. So, um, once some friends my age told me and Eve that we should definitely be listening to this I was like oh okay maybe my mom's on to something here and of course we are now super obsessed with cereal like everyone else in America and I assume Canada Canada I don't know anywhere Canadians that... seem like NPR listeners well if, you know I think they, they seem like they would be and if not I mean I think that the iTunes store is right. international so I assume that like British people are listening to it too they clearly like crime and the fact that, like, that's almost all they broadcast. So Serial is a podcast, a weekly podcast released on Thursdays, in which a reporter, whose name I forget, now I feel Sarah like, Koenig. Thank you. Um, follows a 1999 murder case. And she's basically, Eve and I, for many, many, many years, have kind of solved or discussed crimes on our own and it, what's fun for me at least about serial is that sarah discusses this particular crime and she gets really really in depth with it i mean we're on episode nine and each mm. episode is 30 to 45 minutes but she discusses it kind of like eve and i would discuss a crime particularly if we had the time and the means and the access to make it our full-time job to explore one crime my problem with it though okay interesting is that she clearly whether or not she's willing to admit it, thinks the guy's innocent. The guy currently in jail for this crime is innocent. Okay, see, and I've been trying to figure it out, figure out, like, what, and the thing is, there is also, like, a podcast about Serial on which I understand she appears, that Slate does. I haven't even gotten started on those podcasts yet, because I just, as anyone who follows me on Twitter knows, just got caught up with Serial, like, a couple of days ago. So, I know that there's also the Slate podcast that discusses it, so I might be sounding totally dumb here but it's not the first time um i don't understand like how they constructed the podcast around when she was doing the reporting and the thing is i've been assuming all along oh well you know they know everything and they just sort of mapped it out right it's already <clears throat> done right like you map out like a tv series mm -hmm. right like you know exactly how it's going to be but then um i was listening to the episode that came out today and right. she's like and so-and-so's been listening to the podcast and i'm like well, fuck, it's been only been on for, like, nine weeks, so is she still... I mean, she'd been reporting it out for, like, a year, as I understood She's it. still investigating, because today's podcast, um, and neither Eve nor I have actually completed today's podcast, but 
she talks about saying, well, so I've been getting emails from people who went to this high school where mm-hmm. the victim and proposed criminal um, attended and this timeline is wrong. This could never have happened. And so it's become clear, particularly in today's episode, that she's still getting new information, like in real time. Which totally makes sense. I mean, I get that. And I got excited when I heard that because the thing is, like, of course, I don't think that they could have known that it is, um, as I understand it, the most successful podcast, like, ever. Right. You know, it's got, like, whatever, like, five million downloads. I don't know if that's of individual episodes or whatever because I just saw the headline and didn't read the article. Uh, Look at me. I'm an internet commenter. Um, But, uh... So that makes sense that as more people hear about the story, that it is going to develop because more people are so, going to sort of come forward or whatever. Right. So I'm glad that that's happening. But at the same time, all along, I had been assuming that it was completely done and that the reason it seemed like she was leaning toward, you know, that this incarcerated person was innocent was sort of an unwitting spoiler. Like, at the end, we were going to get to the end oh. of the story, and it was going to be like, well, and here's my conclusion. So now I'm sort of, like, thrown for a loop. Like, clearly she still feels that way. Like, I can tell that yeah. she feels that way, and she's sympathetic to him. But I also understand why, because when I listened to her on the phone with, with um, Adnan, or Adnan, I, I mean, people are Adnan. Well, people are pronouncing it sort of like, some people are like, Ad, and some people are non, so I don't know. But anyway, when I listened to her on the phone with him, he is, like... She said, I think, an episode ago, he's so charming. He is. You know, he is very charming, and he's self-effacing, and he is the opposite of how you expect... He's the opposite of how you, and by you, I mean anyone who's actually done real crime reporting and not just watched stuff on TV, expect someone who kills people to be. Because if you do any crime reporting, you realize that most of the people who commit murders are... Not, you know, Stephen Weber being a sleazebag on how to get away with murder. They're, you know, dumb people who get caught because they're dumb and they did something when they were super mad. Right. You know? And right. so... Well, I think, I mean, I have so much to say about Serial, as does anyone who listens to it. hmm But, kind of on this track, I am so used to things being resolved at the end. I'm so used to watching a show knowing that we're going to get an answer at the end. And I grow more and more concerned... As I realize, we're never going to get an answer. Like, it's not like on episode 12 they're going to be like, guess what? Jay did it. Well, because it would have been in the news. Right, no right. One it's just like those shows about ghosts. It's just like ghost investigations or whatever those things are called. You always think, if they're really going to find a ghost or a Sasquatch or whatever, we would have heard about it before this episode. Right, aired. like how does Bigfoot have a two-hour premiere? No, I mean, we if they discovered like, a Bigfoot, real Bigfoot... They're not. No, I mean, that's the whole problem I have with that Dean Cain hosted, we're going to, you know, we'll give you $2 million if you kill Bigfoot, which also I have a problem with because right, you should not Bigfoot? fucking kill Bigfoot. That's, that's fucked up. I mean, I'm a vegetarian and stuff, but even that, I mean, still, it's Bigfoot. Why kill the guy? But you just, you already know that how the show is going to end because if someone had killed Bigfoot, would it would have been in the news. It would have been in the news. There's no way whatever shitty station that was would have been able to keep it under wraps. Um, another issue, like if we're delving into cereal for those of you that are really listening to this as we are, okay, here is what drives me crazy about Sarah. And perhaps I have listened to the Slate podcast, not mm-hmm. all of them, but oh, a, couple of, a handful of them. Oh, I didn't know that. And they really take issue with Sarah. Like, they point out, they've got problems with the way that she's reporting on this. And I think that that's fair. I mean, they're also very respectful. Sometimes they're on her side, mm-hmm. sometimes they're not. Because she is doing an admittedly great job, but she certainly has an opinion. Okay, so one of the things that Sarah does is get hyper-focused 
on a phone call at 3.52 or whatever. And she goes, well, that's the smoking gun. That's, mm -hmm. I just can't, you know, everything else I can brush away. And she's so obsessed with this one phone call. I, the phone yeah. calls are people's memories. This, this happened week, in 1999. You got to the part about the, today, you got to the part about the phones at Best Buy. Because that right. was really Is on, there right? a pay phone at Best Buy? And I'm just like, oh my God, who cares? Right. Here's what I think is the oh, real issue. He could have just said, meet me at Best Buy. I, I've, a million times I've said to Tim, I'm at Old Navy. And I'm not at Old Navy. I'm walking over to Old Navy for him to pick me up. Anyway, sorry. I just don't understand... Why she's focused, I would be focused on different things, I guess. The mm -hmm. one thing that I, I want to believe Adnan, because as Eve said, he is very charming. Like when she's talking to him on the phone, he's just convincing. Like, yeah, this, there's no way this guy killed his girlfriend that he had no problem with, his ex-girlfriend that he had no problem with. But what stands out for me and what I cannot shake about is Adnan guilty is he remains very good friends with his girlfriend, Hay, the murdered girl, mm -hmm. after they had broken up. She goes missing, and he never calls her once yes. to find out where she is. And that's bothered me, and she has made less of a big deal out of that. Right, that she's like, well, you know, and but he keep explains thinking, maybe it off. she's going to come back to it. He explains it off as, well, all of my friends were calling to find out where she was. I was just with all those people. But just as a... I remember when I was in high school, if I had had any connection to someone that went missing and it was all over the news, I mean, I would just be like, ooh, let me text them. Like, I want to... Yeah, yeah, it was like a pager, too. So it's not like a cell phone or something where you're leaving endless voicemails. It was just a fucking pager. You can page people... As I recall, you can page people endlessly and there aren't, like... You know, it's not a problem. And it, and it wasn't weird, right? You, I could, like, page you three times and it's not weird the way if I called you three times. This is my I memory. I never had a pager. Place. Well, I didn't either, Beth. I don't even know how pagers work. Well, I didn't either, but this is my memory from high school. I thought they had cell phones on Serial. Sarah Coney he, answered this So, question. yeah, Hay only had a pager. This is 99, when not everyone had a cell phone yet. Like, you know, I don't know when you got your first cell phone, but, like, I got a cell phone, like, a year after I moved here, like, in 98. I got one in, like, 97, or, or no, I got one in 94. I was in high school. Oh, you're so cool. Uh, well, but but you had you had a cell phone? No, you had a car phone. You didn't have... No, I had you? a cell phone. Oh, Marin. I'm from Marin. Hmm. And it was, you know, for emergencies. I never... I left it in my car. It wasn't, like, a cell phone wasn't a thing that I carried with me all the time. Yeah. It literally was for emergencies. And it was mm -hmm. constantly getting stolen out of my car, well, parked in front of my San Francisco high school. Well, but I think that these are kids, it does not sound like they came from, like, the wealthiest part of town or whatever. Right, but they were in the special smart kids program. Yeah, yeah, right, they were at a magnet school. But still, I just don't think that everyone had a cell phone back then, and so I don't think it was weird that she had a pager. And the thing is, even, like, Jay didn't have a cell phone, remember? And so, like, Adnan left the cell phone with Jay, and... Which I would never do. You know what, but the thing is, so I had a cell phone also when I lived in Indiana, like, in, like... 95 or 96 and I remember like giving it to people so they could call me because I was going to be somewhere with a landline and they didn't have a cell phone like I remember like giving it to my mom and stuff to use so I, I don't think, think it's I you know I guess now it's way more of a personal mm -hmm. I mean it would just make me so uncomfortable to be without it at any time oh yeah well also how would people call me if they had my phone all right so let's ask our yeah. listeners our 12 listeners uh <laughs> do you think Adnan did it did Jay do it what are your thoughts leave them in the comments Don, I still think that there's just, I mean, that, that we haven't really talked about Don's Don. Don, his new boyfriend, who's an adult and works at the mall. Lenscrafters. Yeah, he works at Lenscrafters. 
Um, so let us know what you think about that and let's move on to another criminal. Oh no, we're going to 90 Day Fiance. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what do I not know about 90 Day Fiance? So would you like to talk about your new best friend, Beth? You guys, not to like, you know, toot my own horn here, but I've met a couple celebrities in my day <laughs> and getting a Facebook instant message from Cassia from 90 Day Fiance was so fucking exciting I, I, I was like, I was shaking. I'm, I am in Eve. Oh, I'm I was shaking. shaking. I was shaking. I felt like I had just had like an espresso shot. It's I was very so jazzed. So Cassia, it turns out, has been reading our recaps on um, Slow News Day, which I, early on in my blogging career, um, I learned that if you want someone to read your work, you just write about them because everyone Googles themselves. Yep. Um, we are a very self-involved society. So Cassie has been reading our recaps and enjoys them and gets, I mean, finds them funny, thank God. Because Which makes her a very good sport. Makes her a fantastic sport. You know, there have been certainly times when people have not been in on the joke and then we just go after them harder. Oh, yeah. It, because if you're in on the joke, then suddenly it's like, oh, they're cool. Well, now we can't say bad stuff about them. So mm -hmm. suddenly, I'll, as you will note going forward... Our 90 Day Fiance recaps are going to be pro Cassia because she's cool. Yeah. Sorry, we're yeah. friends with her now. Sorry. She sends IMs that are funny. And she promises that once she is released from her contract with the TV show, she's going to tell us all the dirt. So stay tuned to Slow News Day if you're watching 90 Day Fiance, which you should be watching. Because it's amazing. It's amazing. And we will, I think, be able to reveal some exclusive information from one of the, and I'm doing quote fingers, stars of 90 Day Fiance. So one of the things I... I mean, I will freely admit that I was very reluctant to watch 90 Day Fiance. Beth really pushed me hard, and it's probably similar to your mom and Serial. Um, I was almost resistant because you were so into it, and also because you like a lot of awful people shows that I don't like. Like, yeah. I get too nervous. But I like, okay, so I like 90 Day Fiance, which I think we've talked about on this podcast before, obviously, because if you're in a relationship, you immediately start comparing the relationship you're in and you feel superior. And it doesn't matter how bad your relationship is, you're going to feel superior. And if you're single, you feel amazing because you haven't brought someone from overseas to marry you. Right, there's an implied desperation in that act. There is. With the ex and so, like, but the thing is, on this season, it's not all that. We have two couples that actually met overseas. And it right, I still think there's an element of desperation. Well, I think there's an element of desperation. Are you referring to Amy and Danny? Because I think that there is a Danny desperation to... No, I was talking about... Um, uh, oh, Justin shit. and no, Evelyn? No! Oh, wait. Yeah, so I was talking about Justin and Evelyn, but I, less them than... Um, what's her name? And uh, Justin Timberlake. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, they just, like, met. Chelsea and, and Yamir. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they just sort of met in Nicaragua. I don't feel like there was anything. Agreed, agreed. I don't think the internet was, like, involved at all. Agreed. And then they met, they fell in love, and that one, to me, my sister was involved with someone in Ireland long ago, and, um, like, you know, he actually came here on a... I probably should not be talking about this. Um, anyway, he came here on a fiancé visa, and things did not work out. Oh, but no. so that is actually... Like, when I look at that couple, I think about my sister's relationship a lot, and it seems the most like it. Okay. And I should probably I mean, not talk about this anymore. That is an excellent point, though, that Yamir and Chelsea are different. It's it's way less of a desperate act. Yeah. Um, what I have been thinking lately about 90 Day Fiance is if people want to hang out with someone that they've met overseas and get to know them better, why not just... I mean, is there a limit to the number of 90 Day Fiance or visas you can get? Fiance visas you can get? Yeah. 
if because you, if you why not just if, keep bringing them over because you can't years. if you if you don't marry them then they have to go back and there is a long period oh okay. yeah yeah it's they like figured a, this out the government it's a is... whole big yeah it's a whole big thing okay yeah because i mean obviously yeah otherwise okay my my pressing question right now is danielle i you know i asked cassia again my dear friend cassia i asked her do you talk to any of the other cast members is the wrong word but you know what i mean people on 90 day fiance yeah and she has chatted a couple of times i think she meant online but i have no idea with danielle and said that she really feels for Danielle because people are being so mean to her on the internet. You know what? Which is, that's the one, that's what made me really like Cassia. Is out of all the people, that that is who she had befriended because Danielle seems like the most challenging person to be friends with. For us, for, I mean, we're very, we're bombarding women. Um, whereas Danielle is not. Okay, here's my question. And I really do not mean this in like a nasty, snarky way. I'm truly asking this. Like, we are all friends here. Mm-hmm. Is... Danielle, all there? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think it, she has talked about how she has struggled with depression. And, I mean, whatever. Like, we all say, like, oh, I'm depressed or whatever. But I think that depression is a genuinely debilitating disease for some people. And given everything else that's sort of going on, and especially the uh, the delicate way her children treat her, yeah, I think that she definitely is suffering from a chronic condition. Yeah. Do you think Muhammad is taking advantage of her? Yeah. I don't think Muhammad realized how much trouble she was in. Like, I don't think that Muhammad necessarily... But then again, like, she went and visited him. Maybe she, like, kept her shit together when she was visiting him. I think that Muhammad saw an opportunity here. I think that Muhammad is an opportunist. I don't think that Muhammad is trying to get money from her or anything like that. He just wants to be in America. I think he wants to be in America. And the thing is, like, I look at Muhammad, he also... And and now this sounds like I'm, like, you know, saying that all men from, you know, the Middle East are the same or something. Um, But he also seems very charming. Right. He's he's very attractive. He is very attractive. Other than there's a man boobs component, but otherwise... Well, I mean, yeah, like I de- like I am in no position to criticize anyone else's physical appearance. No, 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 no. But if we're talking about him, you know, uh, he's not like perfect. Person, I mean, it's not like I, I mean, there's a body body composition issue that could be easily resolved. I think with some time on the treadmill. And and, you know, and once again, you know, if you can see me, you will see that it's going to take more than some time on the treadmill. You know, Muhammad's in way better shape than I am. Right, right, right. Muhammad is. Go- I'm just not. He's yeah. not a supermodel, but he is. I mean, to his beautiful see- smile. <coughs> Right, and I... <coughs> Sorry, I just... He's teeth. dying. <coughs> um, I think that Muhammad is... That's God punishing me for making fun of Muhammad's body. <coughs> it's a, well, it's not God. Um, it's not it's just the tea. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, sorry, Allah. Right, there we go. Um, I think that it's just so noticeable, the like disparity between the two of them, and those pictures that are online, on TLC.com, mm. of Muhammad and Danny are like the least flattering pictures of Danielle, and the most flattering pictures of Muhammad. Yeah. I'm just saying, he's not perfect, but I, it kills me that he, it's clear that, you know, several episodes back, and this clip has been played over and over, that a producer or someone asked Muhammad, you know, is he sexually or attracted to Danielle? And he goes, she's acceptable. She's acceptable. And I, you know, I'm fixated on that too, but also English is not his first language. And he's I think not. he meant acceptable. I don't... I don't... I think he did too. But the thing is, if, you know, if someone asks me, like, whatever, like, you know, acceptable, okay. 
I don't know. That's true. Like, if someone's like, you know, do you want to hook up with Jason Statham? And I said, oh, he's okay. Well, everyone knows I was kidding if I said he's okay. Right, but I, you know, yeah. I think that Danielle's brother-in-law, Paul, who I know looks like a Duck Dynasty crazy person, but he, he and his wife, Danielle's sister, Sarah, are kind of the only voices of reason. And I thought Paul's observation was very astute that normally people who are in love are affectionate with each other and hold hands and make eye contact at least you know what I, the, okay the th thing that gets me is that i never see him put his arm around her and okay so but there's one thing that i sort of like i want to sort of disclaim something i think it is likely that a lot of the women we are seeing on this show who've been brought over to this country also see an advantage here and have chosen to come that you know perhaps or are similar to muhammad in that they have chosen to come here. So I don't think that this is just, I don't want it to sound like I'm just making fun of like the lady who bought a guy when there are a bunch of guys who got <laughs> bought women. Right. You know, like it's not just that. And you know, so I, you know, I just, I don't want to sound like, you know, fucking sexist here, but that Muhammad, that Danielle is clinging to, to Muhammad's arm and I never see Muhammad put his arm around her. Right. And there's, you know, the comments have been on Slow News Day are so amazing and awesome. There's one kind of crazy guy that we should go through and decide if we want to delete him because he's weird. Um, but so many of you know so much mm. about like what's really going on or like these people's Facebook pages. And so it's been, once again, it's like serial. Like it's we amazing. have all of these like sort of amateur detectives once again. Yes. Which is amazing. And there was a posted Facebook link or some some access to Danielle in which she said, you know, Muhammad is affectionate behind closed doors. But he still won't sleep with Danielle, except that he will um, drink beer. Yeah. Which is... Should be against his religion if sleeping. But you are part of a faith, and there are certain things you, you know, certain rules. I mean, I don't know if there's cafeteria Muslims the way they're cafeteria oh. Jews or cafeteria Catholics. Yeah, but, I'm a cafeteria know, Catholic. Yeah, and, you know, and I certainly know, you know, observant Jews with tattoos and stuff like that. So it's not right. necessarily, I mean, I don't know if Islam is the same as, you know, Christianity or Judaism, but, you know, people sort of pick and choose sometimes. Well, it seems like he's using the religion as an excuse as opposed to a... It does seem like that. A firmly held belief. It does seem like that, yes. I don't know that I say, oh, well, I'm a Catholic. I can't do that. I come up with a better reason. Yeah. Because that's not my real reason. Yeah. Do you eat, do you eat meat on Fridays yes. for Lent? Yes. Okay. I no, don't I, anything I, for Lent. I was trying, no, I was just, I was not trying to make you feel bad and stuff. I just know, like, there are Catholics I know who will, like, fuck everyone and get, like, 200 abortions, but <laughs> will eat meat on Fridays. And so, you know, I'm just. Or won't eat meat on Fridays, you mean? Won't eat meat on Fridays during Lent. Right. During Lent. Um, I'm also old enough to know people who won't eat meat on Fridays ever, but that's because I'm Right, I know people who won't, but I don't even know that my parents, who are like Eucharistic ministers at church and stuff, avoid meat. Maybe, but it's not that big of a deal. I think of my Catholicism as like, I think of being Italian. I'm a quarter yeah. Italian. It's just part sure. of my family heritage. Yeah. It's not. And maybe, that seems like maybe that's how Muhammad is with Islam. Right, my belief system, as you well know, is based upon a whole other cult that's yeah. not... Catholic. <laughs> but the thing is, too, like, you know, I'm surprised that Muhammad does not seem to have the expectation that Danielle would convert. I just, I mean, the whole, I think that I'm hyper-focused on Muhammad and Danielle because I am worried Me too. about Danielle. There's part of me that thinks that, and I guess it's also irresponsible for us to be discussing it, but there's part of me that feels like it's irresponsible of the producers in the show to have used her because you talked to this woman for five minutes and you've got to realize, <clears throat> excuse me, that... She's got issues. Like, 
big issues. Right. I just, you know, I'm not, Brett and Daya, they're the couple in Washington and she's from the uh, Philippines yeah. Yeah. and she is horrible. Yep. Um, she's the one who wanted him to go get the diamond engagement ring checked because she was worried it was a fake diamond because of the black mark mm-hmm. and she's worried about his reputation. Yeah, that's why she was worried. Um, I, I'm just not worried about them. I'm not, you know. I thought you were going to bring me roses. So weird. She wants her tacky gas station roses. She wants blue roses covered in glitter. <laughs> As Oprah said, roses don't grow blue. No. Um, I just, I'm more worried about Danielle's like emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And I, her daughter Faith, the one with the short hair. I short, love Faith. I love Faith. I love all of Danielle's daughters. I just think Faith is like the one who's most on her mom's side. Who's yeah. really trying to give Muhammad the benefit of the doubt. Who's trying to sit in there for the horrible wedding dress, like trying on. And where are Danielle's girlfriends? Where are her sisters? Like, I don't know. I just, I'm really, I want to fly to Norwalk, Ohio and handle this situation myself. And all evidence online points to Muhammad still being in Norwalk, Ohio and the yeah. two actually having gotten married and trying to figure this shit out. Well, I do think that Daniel's daughters are all wonderful, which says good things about Danielle as a parent. Yes. You know, so we're not clearly... And who is their dad? And also, can't Danielle... Do they all have the same dad? I don't know. Can't... They're all... They all appear to be exactly the same age. Yeah. Can't Danielle, as I have said to you several times, find some nice, schlubby trucker with a steady income who thinks Danielle is sweet and wants to take care of her... And, I mean, I just think that she can find a guy. Like, you know, whatever issue she has going on aside, I think she can find a guy super easy in Norwalk, Ohio. It can't be that hard. But, Beth, I have a you, you, have that- to, you have to come to that on your own, though. For years and years, I felt like you were dating the wrong guys. And I told you this before. Tim and I, for years and years, have just been saying, we just want to set Beth up with a cop. Right. So I'm not saying that I have psychic powers. Now I'm madly in love with a guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I but I always just like, why can't Beth be with a guy from San Francisco who isn't some jacked up job guy who has some dumb job in the financial district and wears like you know whatever Kenneth Cole ties? Some nice guy with a well paying but still kind of blue collar job where he's out there and it's a little bit gritty. Why can't she find a guy like that? Why can't she you know be with a guy like that? That's what would make her happy. So. Danielle has to come to that on her own, the way you did. Oh, my God. You just compared me to Danielle. I, I love did. it. I did. You and Danielle have a lot in common. Danielle, stuff. it gets better. Danielle, it does get better. Okay. That's 90 Day Fiancé. I mean, we talk about 90 Day Fiancé mm. so much on Slow News Day. Let's move on to Heathcliff Huxtable. Okay, Beth, I need to know exactly how you feel about all of this. I think he did it. All of them? Well, I don't know about Janice Dickinson. Oh, I totally believe Janice Dickinson, and I'll tell you why. One, because I've read all of Janice Dickinson's books. Naturally. And in her book, I think from 2002, there's this really interesting chapter about Bill Cosby and how she went on this date with him and how it was super weird. And I remember thinking at the time, because I wasn't aware of the previous rape allegations, you know, from before that, because I don't know, that was like a lot of that stuff happened before the internet. But I remember when I was reading her book, I was just like, God, what's wrong with Janice Dickinson that, you know, she can't get along with fucking Bill Cosby, the nicest man on earth. Because in the chapter in the book, um, it was just like she had this like, sort of shitty date with him and he was a douchebag to her. And I'm like, Janice Dickinson, the problem's clearly you. And then maybe a year or so later, I was listening to Howard Stern in the car. Um, it's not my choice. 
and um, Howard Stern said something. I think it was another one of those times that Bill Cosby was all like, you young men need to pull up your pants and blah, right, blah, blah. Right, like, right. you know, one of those sort of speeches. And stop saying motherfucker. And um, and she was on Howard Stern. And Howard was just saying, like, Bill Cosby needs to shut up. He's, like, out of it. And Janice Dickinson got this weird tone in her voice. And that I still remember this is weird. And said, he is not a good man. He is not a good man. And I was just like whoa, you know, like, I remember, like, even then, it's like, Jan Dickinson has such a hard on, ha, for Bill Cosby, what's the deal? And so, hmm, when I saw that, and then, like, I saw, like, somewhere else that she had actually initially wanted to include the alleged sexual assault, and that her publisher had been told no. I did So then that. I was like, okay, I actually buy that Dan Janice Dickinson is not making this up out of the blue. Well, I have always, you know, my feeling on Bill Cosby has really shifted Aside from the rape allegations, mm -hmm. because of that whole pull your pants up, don't give your kids ethnic names ranch yeah. that he's been going on, um, that just, I, you know, it, I cannot speak to it because I am a, you know, white broad from Marin, but it just, it leaves like a bad taste in my mouth and, and it seems like an angry old man, like the rantings of an angry old man. And I've just heard stories or people have written about Bill Cosby not being the warmest in person. And I hate it when celebrities let me down like that. Mm -hmm. Because I love the Cosby show. There's the um, Jerry Seinfeld documentary Comedian. In which Chris Rock and Jerry go see Bill Cosby do like his spoken word. It's not even stand-up. He like sits on stage and tells stories like he's sitting on a porch. And um, they're both so in awe and just... But it's like, hasn't he been with Camille for, that's her name, right? His wife's name. Yeah. For like a billion years. Yes. And wasn't his son murdered? Yes. Ennis? Ennis. And why would he be going on a date with Janice Dickinson 20 years ago or whatever? Like, I thought he's been with Camille since the beginning of time. I mean. Yeah. Not that, you know, cheating should really, I still love Bill Clinton, you know what I mean? But like, I just, I've never been that. I've always felt like Bill, or um, Bill Cosby is kind of like, I don't know, turned into an angry old man and it's, he's not Heathcliff fun popsicle Heathcliff Huxtable anymore. So these rape allegations, I have always kind of, oh, well, that's possible. And, but I'm not the biggest Bill Cosby fan anyway. And then, I mean, all of this stuff has been re-stirred uh, up again in the past couple of weeks because of one comedian being on stage, being like, Bill Cosby's a rapist, Google it. And it's gone viral. And as a result... Well, wasn't that... Okay, so... Okay, so here's sort of like the timeline that I have in my head is one of the things is that Katie J.M. Baker, who is a friend of ours. Yeah, love and, Katie. you know, and a reporter that we've all worked with was at Newsweek. This is like a year ago, two years ago. And, oh, sorry, that's my garage door. Um, and um, wrote a story where she talked to one of the, I'm going to say alleged victims. I hate it when people say that in terms of right, but I'm going to say that so we don't get sued. One of the alleged victims and wrote a story that I think got some pretty decent traction. And I think that maybe that is one of the things that sort of got it in front of Hannibal Burris. Who's who, the comedian that... And who is wonderful. Um, I, you know, let, well, I don't know what he's like in person. Who knows? But I, he's great on Broad City. And I've listened to a lot of interviews with him. And he's not a guy that just, like, seems to toe the party line. And, like, you know, Clearly. unlike anything. And so, you know, that was really interesting to me. And I guess he'd been saying that a lot. Like, he'd had it in a lot of stand-ups, and it just happened to be this one where it sort of got reported out. And then How was... exciting that Katie's such a great reporter now, by the I way. I know, I know, right? Like, we knew her when. I know. I <clears> drove <throat> her home once. She does, like, such great work. 
She really does. She really does. And I think that she's really fighting the good fight with, yeah. you know, with stuff like this, too. She's a BuzzFeed now. She writes about um, campus sexual assault, which is a beat. It sucks that that's a beat. But anyway, um, but the Twitter thing, too, right? I feel like the Twitter thing is what really made it happen. Oh, when he was like, there was a... Well, it wasn't him. Right. Bill Cosby obviously has social media staff, and I will never knock social media staff because I'm on some people's social media staff. Um, but... They were like, meme me, and it's a picture of Bill Cosby, and it's one of those things where you can, like, fill in the words on a picture, and they were hoping that people would do wacky, lighthearted, PG-rated... I can has Jello pops Right. And instead it turns into... I'm so into, sorry, I just said that. <laughs> it turns into, like, you know, I'm a rapist. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was I'm a rapist, period. It was not as funny as my Jello pops joke just now. Right. Um, but yeah, it was... Or, yeah. So it's really... It's turned on um, Bill Cosby and blown up quite dramatically. I mean, I, you know, if I were Bill Cosby, which I am not, I, I would retire, I would hide, I would spend my money on vacations and Cosby sweaters and call it a career. And But he keeps showing up. He's trying to, like, make this comeback now, which I do not understand why, particularly with all of these allegations. I mean, it's not like he's going to get charged. Isn't there a statute of limitation on all of these things? Yeah. Just, like, shut up. It seems like he keeps denying it or having his people deny it. It's just like, Bill Cosby, you're asking so he, for trouble. So he had a sitcom in, um, sort of in pre-production with NBC that's been dropped, and he was going to do a show in San Francisco that was going to be on Netflix, and it got dropped, too. So... I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing is, I would be thinking, if I were 77, I'd be thinking, fuck, this is going to be in my obituary. Right. No matter what, this is going to be in my obituary. In later years, Cosby was played by allegations of rape or something, you know. You're such a, you're such a journalist. You already just have it. Well, no, I'm just saying that, you know, that, well, no, I just read a lot of obituaries. Um, but, you know, like that's, it's going to be there no matter what. There's going to be, you know, the asterisk and it's always going to be there. And if it were not true, and I were Bill Cosby, that would make me crazy. That would make me crazy that that's always going to be there. Do you there. think it's true? <sighs> I mean, you believe Janice. I think it's true. I think it's true just because, especially <clears throat> when the first allegations were made, I think that there was not a... I, I mean, I am inclined to believe allegations of rape anyway. Um even though I believe that everyone's innocent until proven guilty and all that, but I am inclined to take allegations of rape very, very seriously because I know how difficult it is to bring those forward and I know how dangerous it can be, especially when that person is famous. And when these allegations were first brought forth, you know, as long ago as it was, it was even more, arguably, more dangerous and troubling than it is now. Yeah. And just, like for what gain? I mean, I know that he financially settled with a lot of these people bringing the allegations forward. So you could argue, yeah, maybe they were trying to get money or something. But then I don't think they would have gone to the cops. I think they would have said, hey, I'm going to make these allegations. I've got this proof and gone straight to him. Why go to the cops first? I mean, I really have no here nor there to say about Bill Cosby being a rapist other than just I can't believe like we are talking about what a weird year yeah. it has been. Like, Robin Williams hangs himself? Who saw that one coming? <laughs> and, like, Bill Cosby is a rapist, and now we can't ride Uber because they're sexist oh my and they God. stalk Such reporters. Such a good segue, Beth. Thank you. Such a good segue. Thanks. Well, I'm a Lyft person anyway. 
I've never taken Lyft. I, I like Lyft. I don't do the fist bump, but I've noticed that the drivers don't seem to expect the fist bump. Any oh, I mean, okay. Is that what you're supposed to do on Lyft? You fist bump? You're supposed to. You know what? I, I want to go back though and say that. I don't, and that's when we were like doing that sort of thing at Litquake, and I was like, I don't want to name anyone or whatever. So I guess, I don't know, but this is a podcast. It's different. But I don't have any sort of relationship with anyone, and I do sometimes cover Lyft as a reporter, so I'm not saying that, I mean, I'm just saying I use it like I use anything else. I could be talking about, Muni. you know, yeah, Muni or Coca-Cola or something, okay. you know, but I, I prefer Lyft, one, because I like the Lyft line thing, like the sort of, the thing where you can like sort of carpool with someone, because since I live all the way, I live out in the Outer Sunset, which is out by the beach, so I live all the hell the way out here, I like the idea that we'd be picking up other people. Uber does that. Us. Yeah, yeah, I know, but Lyft is cheaper. Oh, really? And it okay. doesn't matter. Like, I'm still getting somewhere. And um, also, like, some of the people who drive for Lyft who live out here that I usually ride with are, like, super nice. And they aren't using Uber, too. So, like, there's a guy who lives not that far from here who is usually in my pickup because he's at home with his wife and his baby. And then when he gets, like, a little thing that's out here, he'll, like, go do a ride, right? And so this guy's, like, great. And he's just on Lyft. So, you know, okay. that seems cool. And also, like, finally... Uber's PR people are so douchey. As a reporter trying to deal with them, it's such a fucking nightmare. And Lyft's PR people aren't that same way. And if you operate under the assumption that, you know, that, that a corporate culture comes from the people at the top, then, you know. So you never rode Uber anyway? Oh, yeah, I've ridden Uber. But it's not your... Are you going to delete it from your phone? Well, you have to do more than delete it from your phone to get to, to not use it anymore. You actually have to, like, go through... I should put this in the show notes. You have to go through, like, some these certain steps. No, I mean, I'm going to keep it in my phone just in case. Like, who knows? Like, if, like, Lyft is down or something and I'm, like, really shit out of luck and I can't get a cab. Right. You know? It's just... I, there are so many companies that suck that have shitty attitudes about things. Yeah. I agree. That, you know, like, I just discovered that Lululemon's CEO or founder is a horrible, horrible, Abercrombie and Fitch-esque person. And like... Fortunately, this is not a problem for me because I do not think I could fit into anything except perhaps a headband of Lululemon's. Um, well, I am like lowest common denominator basic bitch and I love Lululemon even though I can't fit into Lululemon except that, that they go up to size 12 but everyone fits oh, no, into size I, 12. I, no, I can't fit into their size no, 12. No, my ass I've is bigger than you and I fit in their size 12. I, I, no, it's my gut. My ass is, it, my ass is not it all, it's just my gut. And also, my, I think my quads are bigger than yours. My quads, my quads. It's not quad, it's fat. But yeah, I, no, I'm bigger here. And so the pants, like, it was not working. I found the pants to be very slimming and I just think it's like cute shit. And I, you know, like have my little cute bag and mm -hmm. like I have all of the, I have the Uggs. I have like the... I even just got a juicy sweatsuit, but I will never wear it, I promise. This is very basic. I'm super it's basic bitch. It's almost so basic. Yeah, I'm like, and I live in the mission. Like, you'd think to look at me, I'm like coming from the marina, but no, I'm really a poor person in the mission. I just have Lululemon stuff, but I can't buy it anymore because the guy sucks. And like, I mean, I can't afford it anyway, but I just, it's like, how many things are we supposed to give up just because the, the corporation has a bad attitude about chicks or fat people or minorities, which is a Lululemon issue I read. Um, so I don't know. I mean, do we really have to give it up? So many people suck. As long as I don't have those attitudes, can I still, you know, didn't Gap like make little kids make their clothes? I'm still wearing the Gap. It's not, I mean, it's not possible for me not to wear the Gap. I live okay. in San Francisco, and it's Old Navy and Banana Republic and The Gap. I have to wear it. I think Where else do you get t-shirts? The Gap, reportedly, and we should ask our friend Deirdre about this, because she 
works on all this crap. The Gap is reportedly trying to improve their human rights record, so. Right, and they're raising, like, the minimum wage and all that kind of stuff. Or Which, their, in, whatever. In India, yeah. I don't know. Barack Obama went to the Gap and bought cardigans for Malia and Sasha. Therefore, okay, so stamp of approval. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I mean, it's true. Because everything's awful, right? It's just, like, sort of, like, figuring out what you can eat. Right. right, everything's bad for you. Uber sucks. So you have to sort of pick your battles, right? Well, yeah, my battle is going to be I'll recycle. Okay. I'm not going to compost yet. Okay. I think that I'm a little bit behind on that one. Yeah, I'll you recycle. Kind of are. I think that actually legally you are required to, re- to compost in San Francisco. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. All right, then I compost. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I can't. It's asking. If you dig deep enough, you're going to find a problem with everyone and everything. Yeah. You should not listen to this podcast or read Slow News Day because Eve and I have a shitty opinion. Oh, we have have terrible opinions about everything, I think. Right. And we're bad people and we've made mistakes in our life and therefore... Oh my God. Don't support us. Don't support us. But... So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to delete Uber. I don't believe Bill Cosby... Do you use Uber? Yeah, I use Uber all the time. Do you really? Right. Because I don't like driving that much. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to park in this town. So do you use like Uber Black or Uber X or what? I use the Uber Pool. Okay. Because you never end up picking up anyone else in Uber. Yeah, that's sort of the dirt, ugly secret. And like Uber. one of the the beats that I've recently been covering in the Chronicle, thanks to Eve, is covering like weird events, like celebrity events in the city. And so this week I had three things all at the Castro Theater. The mission to the Castro is very close. But I have to dress up a little bit, so I'm not going to walk it. And, and But there isn't a simple muni way. There isn't. There's no simple muni way, and there's no parking there. If I take... It is a $5 Uber pool ride, mm-hmm. and I never have to pick up anyone else. So it's basically just as cheap as yeah. um, taking the bus. And I use it all... The, I mean, that's why I use it. I use it all the time for like short little jaunts like that. Or I'll take the bus downtown... And then it's like, after 10, I'm not taking the bus from downtown back to the mission, so I'll take a $10 Uber. So how, like, with any of these things, because I'm never doing anything during, like, surge pricing times. I never like, do surge pricing. Yeah. Forget like, it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not doing that either. Is this bad, though? I mean, are we, like, the thing is, I always try to get a cab first out here, and I never can. Like, people are like, oh, no, it's fine, now use flywheel. But no, it's not true. Anytime I've tried to get a cab on Flywheel, they're like, they'll be here in half an hour. Well, guess what? So, you know what else will be? The end Judah. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I totally agree with all of the people that are like, Uber sucks. I don't want to support this mm-hmm. kind of. And I should download Lyft and I should, what's the other one? Sidecar. Sidecar. Which was the first one, actually. I should support those. I mean, over Uber because I really do not like that the way they're doing business right now and their shitty attitude. You should try Lyft. I should try. I will try it, but I'm not going mean, to delete Uber. The mustache is embarrassing and stuff. That's why but, I don't do it. But a lot of them don't even have it anymore. They just like have a little sticker, or they keep it like on the inside, like on the dashboard or why something. Why is the mustache is embarrassing? It is, isn't it? I know. There's something about well, especially it. like right now as we're recording this. It's um, it's Thursday afternoon and it's like super rainy, and I'm just like, you know that those mustaches are terrible right now. Ew. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like a stuffed animal lying in the gutter. We're curious about, are you going to delete Uber? Do you believe Bill Cosby? What do you think about Danielle and Muhammad? And who do you think did it on Serial? I think we should wrap up. That's my little recap. No, I have to tell you, I have to tell you how to watch Rehab Addict. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So anyway, so I want to explain to you why you want to watch Rehab Addict. So Rehab Addict, there's this woman, her name's Nicole Curtis, 
She um, lives in like Minneapolis. Sorry, it's my garage door. This Minneapolis St. Paul area, but she's from Detroit. And what she does is she goes, she takes old houses that were going to be condemned and destroyed. Some of them have been condemned and she restores them to their former glory. And it's amazing. It's fucking amazing because A, this woman is fascinating. I mean, she's just a fascinating person. Like, she gets, like, super invested in, like, these houses. Like, she looks at houses, like, the way, like, I look at animals or something, too. Where if, like, the city wants to destroy them, she's freaking out. It's so interesting looking at this, like, sort of within the context of, like, you know, the ongoing, somewhat tiresome discussion of gentrification and everything else in San Francisco. Because, like, in these other cities, like, this is not an issue. They aren't looking for more housing. You know, it's, none of this stuff is, like, sort of a problem. You know, all, in all these cities, like, these, like, there are apartment complex after apartment complex that are standing empty. So then she does all this amazing stuff in the house. And at the end of every half hour episode, because they do it room by room. So it's like they'll have this house that's like been full of squatters and drug addicts and everything else. And um, at the end of every episode, it's like, all right, the bathroom is like completely done. So it's not one of those things where it's like in this week we're going to see them do the plaster or something like that. Each episode is like one room or project. Oh, it's like in the satisfying. House. You gotta... So it's completely satisfying. And like even if you don't give a shit about like home renovations or remodeling, which I know you do because you've been working on your place. Yeah. Um, it's so satisfying to watch. And also the thing is sometimes she makes some decisions that I find to be very dubious. Like, she made a master suite in this one house. She couldn't figure out how to make things work with the toilet in the tub. So, as opposed to making a door <laughs> to the toilet, she just made a privacy wall? No. No, it's it's even worse than you imagine. It's so, you know, there's like the room and there's a bed and everything. And there's sort of an L-shaped wall. But you're still there using a toilet. Presumably, if you have a master suite, you're not by yourself. And even if you are, you know what? No, I don't just want to walk around a corner to right, use a it's toilet. it's just like have nothing, have nothing. No, 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 have nothing. Just go downstairs to use it. And if you're with someone, so in the middle of the night you have to pee, you should still go downstairs because if you pee in a toilet in the middle of the night and the toilet is in the room, it's loud. And if you're not peeing, that's horrible. That's horrible. So nope. you need to, so wait, hold on. Yeah. For number two... You're saying you need to go... Well, I'm saying for any number, if you're in the bedroom with someone else and it's the middle of the night, I, I mean, I rarely have to take a crap in the middle of the night, but, you know, like, I don't know, do, does anyone? Right, something went wrong. If yeah, you something, have to yeah, it, yeah, whatever. But, you know, my point is that if you have to pee in the middle of the night, that's too loud to do with someone else in the room. They're trying to sleep. So you shouldn't, you know, peeing can be loud. Psst, liquid hitting ceramics. And... I mean, and no matter what, if you have someone else in the room and it's, you know, it's, it's a deuce, that is not Oh my nice. God. Okay. All right. Okay. I will watch one episode of the show, but yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm getting the same feeling I got when you tried to tell me to watch that Hollywood game show night. Okay. What? You it liked it initially. It made me so uncomfortable. It just made me so... You watch The Housewives, but you get uncomfortable. Right. Because seeing the commish, like, try and be funny. Whoa. Okay. He was terrible. Oh, it just was like, no, 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 no. You know he's on American Horror Story playing gay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to watch that either. No, because... no, no. You can't watch it. It's too, it's too violent and depressing. But it is fast. I mean, it does make me sort of excited about the world that we live in, that the commission's playing gay character. Okay, I will watch one episode of Real Okay, watch one episode. That's what happened to me. No, you know how I discovered it? 
Because I was watching Daryl Hall has this show where he's fixing up like this house, and she came on as like the sort of guest star. Oh, okay. And that's how I got into it. Yeah. Okay. You should check I, it out. That's how I got into River Monsters. I know. <laughs> so you guys should check check out. Wow, man, we're just full of pop cultural recommendations. If you haven't been listening to Serial, believe the hype. I really think you should watch Rehab Addict. I think everyone should watch it. You should watch 90 Day Fiance. Duh. You should develop an opinion on Bill Cosby. And I don't know about Uber. I don't know about Uber. That's between you and your God. Agreed. All right. Well, Beth, I think that's it. Should we play the music again? Yeah, thanks, Ben and Matt, again for the music. I know that's and, pretty good, huh? Um, And we'll try and be back sooner next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>